Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of FW Presents, the anthology show of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts today, the Irredeemable Shag, and in this episode, I am sitting down with my 15-year-old daughter to discuss the Black Widow movie. We just saw it in the theater tonight, and she is so energized, she wants to discuss it right now. You want to say hey to everybody? Hi, everyone. So, you excited to talk about this movie? So excited. I, I need you to disclose to the audience that this was your idea, and I'm not forcing you to do this. <laughs> it was my idea. It was. I loved this movie so much. Now, fair warning, folks, there is going to be spoilers in this discussion. So if you haven't seen the film yet, put this on hiatus, come back to it, otherwise we're going to ruin major plot points of the film. Second of all, this is fairly off the cuff. Uh, it's off the top of our heads, so we are very likely going to get things wrong, whether we misremember something from the movie or just our facts in general. So don't ding us on that. I love you guys, but I don't need you to come back in the comments and go, well, actually, this is this and this and this. is Yeah, okay, that's fine. We're wrong. Just enjoy the conversation. And third, we are not experts in Black Widow's history, whether it be the comic books, the movies, whatever. Uh, we just really enjoy the show. I've got a passing knowledge of Black Widow that I'll throw out there every so often. But otherwise, we are not experts. We're just family. All right, so why don't you tell the people at home where your first exposure to Black Widow was? Probably in comic books, probably when I was young, because I was raised watching Marvel and listening about it. I think you used to have a Black Widow action figure in your old office, probably. I did not. You didn't? No, I've never owned a Black Widow action figure, actually. Maybe you should get on that. Well, if I have a curvy woman like that action figure, mom tends to get a little bent out of shape. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so probably, I guess, movie-wise. Okay. Iron Man 2. That was her first movie. Did that come out before Avengers? I don't know my time frames. Yes. Iron Man 2 came out before Avengers. Yeah. So probably then, I guess. Okay. Oh, geez. That's back when she had like all the the full black costume and the curly red hair. Yep. Yep. Jeez. So I'm trying to remember when you started watching the movies. I think you started watching them around 2017, maybe. Oh, no, no. Earlier than that. Elementary school. Did we watch them at the old house? Yeah, because I remember we used to sit down because I wasn't old enough to watch them, obviously, back when like Iron Man and all those first came out. So we sat down and we we watched them like all of them. Okay. Like every couple weekends. I know we watched some of the cartoons. I know there was a period of time where you were reading some of the Avengers comics. They were like the, the digest that were sort of based on the cartoon, but I don't think that lasted very long. I don't think it did either. Yeah. Well, tell you what, uh, before we get into the movie discussion, I do need to take a second to thank our sponsors. Folks, this episode of FW Presents is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. Now, I've got a particular volume I wanted to pimp because these were some of the issues that made me recognize Black Widow as a solo star. So specifically, the trade is Marvel Knights Black Widow by Grayson and Rucka Trade Paperback. So this collects some comics from uh, the late 1990s, early 2000s. It collects Black Widow 1 through 3 from 1999, the follow-up series from 2001, which was 1 through 3 also, and then the Pale Little Spider miniseries uh, 1 through 3, which I think was probably the next year. So it's all right there, like 1999 through 2002. And this is the story where Yelena uh, became well-known. This is the blonde Black Widow character, where she it wasn't technically her first appearance, but it was really her first breakout appearance, where she comes in and becomes the new Black Widow for these, uh, Russia, and Natasha has to deal with that. 
So your writers are Devin Grayson and Greg Rucka. Art by J.G. Jones, which is unbelievably gorgeous. It's absolutely stunning. Uh, it's full color. It's soft cover. Normally retails for $19.99, but you can get it 42% off, and it's $11.59. And again, I had seen Black Widow and Avengers a ton, but this is the first time I really paid attention to her as a solo star, and I thought these were absolutely great. Uh, we also need to take a second to thank you folks at home. This episode is sponsored in part with your Patreon support, because you know running the Firewater Podcast Network with so many shows and hosting and all those things. It takes some money, and you guys stepped up to help us out when we were in a crunch. So uh, thank you so much to everyone who supported the Fire and Water Podcast Network. If you're enjoying shows like these and you'd like to support the network, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash fwpodcast and consider supporting the Fire and Water Podcast Network. And at certain sponsorship tiers, you'll get mentioned on your favorite Fire and Water shows, just like David Ace Gutierrez and Gore Tolton. Thanks again, everybody, and visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash fwpodcast. All right, now we are getting into very, very spoilery territory, everyone. You You've been warned. All right, my darling dearest, why don't you tell us your first gut reaction? What did you th- overall with the movie? You know, uh, you I think you had some rankings in your head when we were on the way home. I don't know how I would categorize them, but I like. I guess you could call them the smaller movies more. So the origin movies, like everything except Infinity War and Endgame, I love them, but they're not like my favorites. Well, I know what you mean. Like the ones where the whole universe is, you know, about to be destroyed is a big, yeah. massive, epic movies. And this one. Is, it's quieter or smaller. I mean, sure, there's still a, a global threat, but it doesn't feel as massively epic, and I like that. I like how they don't destroy a whole entire city. <laughs> it's a field. It's a field they destroy, which is just better. And a couple buildings, but it's it's better than destroying all of New York City. Can I say I'm a little confused by the field of the ending that gets destroyed? Because in theory, the Red Room's hovering over Russia, and yet when it comes down, the United States, Secretary of State's able to get there in like five minutes after it falls down. Uh, I'm confused. I don't really get where their jurisdiction right. comes in. That just doesn't really make sense. Like, how can they go all the way to Russia? and just arrest her right then and there. I guess it's possible that it, it maybe the Red Room wasn't over Russia. Maybe it was over Budapest or, or wherever. I think it's mm, probably Russia because that's where they kidnap everyone. Oh, I don't I don't like saying that, but that's where it like all happens. This is the point where everyone's writing in the comments. No, they were over blah blah blah. Okually, thank you everybody for letting us know that. <laughs> I actually am curious though where they were over. So you think this might change your interest in the rankings for the Marvel movies? Yeah, it's always been hard to rank the Marvel movies, but my favorites have always been I'm a sucker for Thor Ragnarok. It's just so good. Yeah. It's just so good. Oh, I could rewatch that movie so much. (laughs) I really like the solo movies. I normally like the, like, third and second ones more, though, but I'm, like, surprised I like this one this much, considering my, um, experience with Captain Marvel. Oh, goodness. Yeah, she's not a fan of that movie, folks. You know, it's It's sad that I guess we'll never get a Black Widow sequel at this point, at least not one with, uh, ScarJo. Yeah, terrible timing on their part, I'll say. Well, why don't you talk about that? Because you had some very strong feelings about that on the way home. Oh, okay. So I think this movie, I don't know the exact timing it should have came out, but it coming out like now, I get like Marvel's standpoint, but it was too long. You mean they waited too long to release it? Yeah. Like a movie coming out about someone after they died, that's just weird. And it it seems like she would have so much more potential if it would have came out before she died. I agree. It's ridiculous that Scarlett Johansson, who's been there since, you know, Iron Man 2, which is one of the earliest movies, that she had to wait this long for her own film. I mean, I realize Black 
Widow's not Iron Man. Black Widow's not Captain America. And they're the major, major stars. But Black Widow was a key part of those early Avengers movies. And she's a great character. And she's a great actress. And she deserved the spotlight before now. And I also feel like it would make people appreciate her more. Because as a young child that watched those movies, I didn't really look up to her that much because I, I didn't see her origin. I didn't see how she grew up. Like how you see Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, all those things. So here's sort of the double-edged sword with that, right? You're right. They didn't have a strong female role model uh, as a character because they didn't give Natasha enough of the spotlight. But when you really stop and look at the characters, like, well, okay, the Red Room, not exactly something you want little girls to look up to. And then the fact that she was trained to be an assassin and was an assassin for a long time. I mean, she did a lot of bad, bad things before well, she became okay. an Avenger. I'm so it's a little hard. Not one. As, I'm shocked. Go ahead. Majority of the Avengers were trained to be assassins or trained to fight. Like, let's look at Captain America. He was a trained soldier. He killed people. So everyone was trained to fight in that sense to hurt people, to help people. Right. In a war setting, she was trained to infiltrate and kill someone when they didn't even know they were in a war setting. But that's still pretty cool. <laughs> I've never seen her in like a comic book setting, so I don't know how much I would have known if I would have read her comic books. And, and, you know, it's interesting. So I'll talk a little bit about that. Again, I am not a Black Widow expert, so this is where everyone's going to be like, no, this is this and this. But the the gist of it was she started off when in the early 1960s as just a bad guy for Iron Man. And she Ooh. was around. Yeah, she, she was uh, a, a, an agent of the Soviet Union. She worked for the KGB uh, because her husband, Alexei, yeah, the Red Guardian. Really? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wait, that's, oh, that's creepy. I know, I know. But they gotta, I mean, after time, enough times passes, they got to change things. So anyway, uh, her husband dies, so she joins the KGB, and she becomes a bad guy, and she fights uh, Iron Man a few times, and then eventually becomes a hero, and she's one of the early members of the Avengers, which was like a big, big deal, because she was a villain who was becoming a hero and joining the Avengers. That's like crazy. In the comics, that was her origin for a long time. The whole stuff with the Red Room and all that didn't get mentioned until, I think it was 19, I'm, I'm, I'm cheating, I am looking at an article here. Uh, I don't think the Red Room got mentioned until 1998, actually. And Yelena didn't get introduced until uh, 1999. So a lot of that came much, much later. We went 30, 40 years with the character without knowing any of this. She was just, you know, someone from the Soviet Union who was helping America now. Mm -hmm. And she didn't get her own real solo series until the 90s. And even those were just miniseries. She just appeared in other books for a long time. She was Daredevil's girlfriend, which is strange to think about in hindsight now. So I was very young when I watched the first couple movies, so I don't remember remember all of them. I should probably rewatch them, but Mm -hmm. I don't remember all the graphic stuff about what she went through as a kid in being in the movies. Like they showed a little bit of her origin in Age of Ultron. Yep, that's correct. They showed this a little bit graphic, but they talked about how she got her girl genitalia removed. Yeah, they made her sterile. Yeah, yeah, as a child. And I'm pretty sure they presented as like she went to a ballet school that also trained her to be an assassin. I read up on that. Uh, So yeah, a little bit. So yes, in the original comics, she was trained to be a ballerina. And then in the the later stories, they said, no, no, those were fake implanted memories. So seeing her being a ballerina in Age of Ultron, they never explained it in this film, but that either means that she was trained to be a ballerina as well as the Red Room as part of her training, or uh, it's possible that those were implanted memories so that she didn't remember all the horrible things she did and thought she was simply, uh, yeah, it's really bad. If you have to implant memories in someone, that just shows how bad what you're doing is. They don't care as long as you get the job done. That should be a little bit of an instinct to go, hmm, maybe I should stop training all these children to murder people in their free time. So if you hadn't seen uh, Age of Ultron and saw the flashbacks of the Red Room and what they did to her, do you feel like you could still understand this movie? Uh, 
Probably because they didn't do a very good job. I'll give them that. They didn't, they did not a very good job explaining the red room. Like, I still had questions coming out of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm normally someone that can like wrap my head around something very quickly. Yeah. But I don't know how someone that has not seen many of the Marvel movies, like, especially about her, would understand that very well. Cause you, you see the part where she gets trafficked. And then you see oh, that. That's hor- I mean, just as yeah, a father. That's I mean, just that is- terrible to watch. Yeah, yeah. And that's just like, it's gut wrenching to see those people open the crate and see all those children in there. Yeah. Like that's a very realistic thing too in our world. So I'm glad they incorporated that. Very sad that it needed to be incorporated. But that is a thing that happens to a lot of young, not just girls, boys. And that's very sad to think about that. That's happening to kids. But it just, it shows that. And then I guess I didn't really understand the Red Room until they went there hmm. and they showed the girls getting trained. But still, he said there was only 50 people on board. So that makes you think, where are all the other people he was training? Hmm. Is there a training facility? What do they do as a young child? Is it like a foster home where they just sit there and have fun as a kid and slowly get trained? Because it seemed the only people that were getting trained were the older girls, the girls that were going to get activated. That's a good point. There should have been, yeah, there should have been. I guess maybe knowing that that thing was going to collapse, they didn't want to show for for the audience's comfort level. They didn't want to show a bunch of like eight year old girls going through this training as well. I don't know. I guess, but at the same time, that makes an as an audience member think, oh, well, number one, did he kill all the young children, or did he stop? I don't want to say collecting, but it's pretty creepy what he does oh, and yeah. how he uses women almost as objects. I know this one quote from the movie where he says something like the most, how do I, I don't remember the quote exactly. He, he was talking, yeah, he was talking about resources and he said one of the abundant resources in the world is women. And then he showed a bunch of pictures of little children, which is just so, and I just realized this, he was showing all the active agents. There were like seven year olds in his active agents list that were active in field. I wonder if that was their picture when they were seven or if they're active as seven. Either way, it's it's disgusting. and It's creepy. Borderline. So Ugh. If you feel like the movie is trying to say something using like the, the thin veil of a superhero movie, what do you think the movie's trying to say about women in society? That they're more than just objects? Because you could see how freed they felt when Yelena gave them that. I don't know exactly what it's called, but it was the red substance they got. Right, yeah. You could see how freed and how kind-hearted they were. They He treated them like machines. He programmed them almost to, like, when he let them in to fight Black Widow, they were like machines. Mm-hmm. And they just kept on coming at her. But immediately once they, I guess, inhale the red powder? Yeah. I don't know exactly what it was, but once they did whatever they did, they became completely different people. They came back for her. That just shows how kind-hearted and how happy they were that they got freed and how they can see like the light and how mistreated they were. So this this is coming out of a conversation we had on the way home about uh, female empowerment and, and whether this movie is a female empowerment movie or is it a movie disguised as a female empowerment movie? Because you know, the question that came up, obviously Black Widow had a lot of agency. Yelena had a lot of agency in the film. But then you see all the other widows who didn't. And is the movie about them gaining their freedom or is it more about how the world treats women? It's it's an interesting question to think about. I mean, do you feel like this movie was a very female empowering? I think it was. I've always thought of Black Widow as a very strong woman and I'm glad they didn't try to tear down in any way in this movie. I'm glad it showed her as a strong woman throughout the whole entire movie. It showed her determination. It showed so many good characteristics that you don't really get to see in the normal movies that we probably 
I wish we would have been able to see earlier on because she's always been one of my favorite characters, but she's really up there now because I really enjoy how determined her, she has so many strong motives and she just truly wants to help people. Well, Scarlett Johansson's an excellent actress, and very. they really didn't tap into that enough early on. Just kind of on, on the women empowerment thing, I think you're right. I think this movie is trying to say that women, when given enough agency to guide their own lives, it, it's better for everyone. The world is better for it. The women are better for it. It's, it's a positive message that once these girls get free, and Black Widow says, make your own decisions. And I think there's a lot to that. I think that's very good. I just feel like it says a lot about the way women are treated in society, and is trying to push a positive message to them to make your own decisions and don't let people make the decisions for you. So one of the things we did talk about on the way home too that you wanted to bring up was specifically about the way they portrayed the Black Widow character from the early days of Iron Man 2 all the way to here. What were your thoughts on that? So creds to this video I saw early actually and it was pictures of Scarlett Johansson and the different, you know how they release pictures of the actors and the characters and their like super costumes before mm-hmm. the movie comes out. So it was a bunch of different ones from when she was first in Avengers all the way to this picture she took. And she was, ext- I'll just say straight up, she was extremely sexualized in the beginning. And I think everyone could tell my dad. I'm not hating on him, but he showed me a picture earlier of Yelena. He was like, oh, this is what she looks like in the comic books. Holy crap. Her boobs are out and her stomach are out. It literally looks like she's not wearing a shirt. And it's just makes me so uncomfortable that not only in the comic books, I get it. It's mostly men that draw comic books. And I guess men just really need to see a superhero with their boobs out. But anyways, it makes a like that was JG Jones artwork, by the way. Okay. For those Uh, people at home. She went from extremely tight costumes, literally you could see all her cleavage, to now the boobs are kind of covered, which is better because no one can fight with their boobs out. If I'm being completely honest, they'll come out, just being honest. And I run into um, that problem all the time. (laughs) Not to get TMI or anything, but I'm so glad that slowly she got less sexualized and they focused more on her acting abilities and actually making the character be cool and showing her strength as a woman and not just focusing on oh yeah she has a boobs and a butt like yes let's focus on this i'm glad they've like turned that away from that and have focused more on her as a person and her cool acting and the cool fight she does i I agree completely they've really come a long way especially iron man 2 when she's supposed to be like the sexy secretary that tony stark hires and things like that and they they've really improved the treatment of the character. Now I will say there's they still have ways to come though. There, yeah, <laughs> there's still some things in this movie. It's kind of a catch twenty two. There's the sexualization of the character, and they've done a better job. But you know what, Scarjo still a beautiful woman. And is it wrong to show that off within reason? I don't think it is. You can show someone's beautiful or handsome or whatever, male, woman, whatever. So there's a line somewhere in there, and I don't know what the right line is. You know, Chris Evans pulling off his shirt every chance he gets. You know. Okay, that's sexualization of him as well. So in this movie, a couple I noticed two things. Uh, one is there was definitely some what they call male gaze, which is a directing term where the camera looks basically where the men like to look. And there's a couple of scenes that really focus on ScarJo's butt, like she's walking away and it's just lingering on her butt. I'm like, okay, that thought wasn't necessary. Thank you for it, but it wasn't necessary. Uh, another was I noticed the difference between Yelena and Natasha, the way their costumes fit, because they both were wearing these white jumpsuits for a good chunk of the movie towards the end. 
uh, ScarJo's was still like really tight. It still showed off all the right places. Whereas, uh, and I don't know how to say her name, Florence Pug? Pug? I don't know. Sorry, guys. I don't know how to say her name. Uh, the one who played Yelena, hers didn't fit the same way. It, had, it bunched in certain areas. It was a lot looser. It was a little more realistic, quite honestly. And so I noticed they were still trying to enhance Scarlett Johansson's natural beauty. Again, it wasn't over the top, though. So I don't know that it's necessarily wrong. I don't think butt shots are necessary in a movie, but I'm very much glad that they've cut back on that. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad they're focusing on them as actors and not just objects. And yes, they probably did hire her because she is very pretty. I will give her that. But also, you have to admit, she is an amazing actor. All of them are. They did. Can we just take a minute to appreciate their Russian accents? Right. Because I'm not... I'm obviously, I'm American. I don't know what a proper Russian accent sounds like, but it was so good. And also, I think they portrayed the bilingual aspect good of they spoke English and Russian in the same sentence as some people that are bilingual do do. Yeah, they did a great job. And they also spoke in Russian, which I'm sure took so much time. I obviously don't know how well their pronunciation is, but I think they did a stellar job. Actually, I found out that Florence is British. I'm 90% sure on that. Yes. Hopefully I'm I right. Checked it. You did? Okay. So is Melina, the mother. Oh, okay. Rachel Weiss. The dad and Scarlett are obviously American. Fun fact, this is, has nothing to do with the movie, but it's cool. The guy that plays the dad, he's actually in Stranger Things. Yep. He's Eleven's dad in Stranger Things. I knew I recognized his face. And then once it got up close to him, I was like, that's the dad. Um, I think his name's Hopper. That's the dad from Stranger Things. And the characters are really similar. So I thought that was hilarious. What an awesome transformation for him from the dad in the beginning of the movie where he's fit and he's trim and he's you know got regular hair and he looks great <laughs> you know in, in 1995 and then later with the with the gut and the you know the kind hair and the beard floor, if you're asking me a little bit yeah I mean, that was a hysterical <laughs> i love that i have no idea if any of that's legit to the comics or not but i just absolutely adored the character of the red guardian i thought he was an absolute hoot from beginning to end uh, one of the things I want to talk about, let's talk about the cast, actually. Scarlett Johansson as uh, Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow. Florence Pug, again, sorry folks, I don't know, as Yelena. Uh, Rachel Weiss as Melina. And David Harbour as Alexi. Those are your main characters. We can talk about the other characters if we want. But, uh, wow, just a fantastic cast that going into, going into the movie, knowing that, okay, Black Widow's already dead. And we know this is in the past. It's like, uh, how much am I really going to care about this movie? How much am I going to care about the characters? I, I don't know if I'm going to get invested. Well, I did. I cared about them as a family unit. I know it was a cover and it was only for three years, but when they're sitting around the table and he's telling Natasha not to slouch and all that stuff, I'd like, I. In modern time, may I add, right. that wasn't when they were family, yeah. Yeah, I totally connected with this and I started to care about the characters. And by the end, when they're all alive, I was like, when I thought Yelena was going to die towards the end of the movie, I was really bothered by that. Yeah, personally, I loved Yelena so much. It was just. The humor was just fantastic. I think they did a great job with her character. Yeah. I'm excited that she's going to show up in later stuff uh, with her. That scene with her and Val at the end was great. The end credit scene. Yep. Yep. So uh, here's the thing, folks. We're watching the movie. My, my daughter has refused so far to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier, no matter well, how many times. get around to it at some mm-hmm. point. I just, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, okay, I, well. I begged you to watch this series with me. I, I'm I, watching Loki first. 
<sighs> so I'm watching that with my friends, and then I'll watch your little Falcon and Winter Soldier thing. Best Marvel thing they've done on TV, that's for sure. So anyway, that's where we first see Val. Now, I, ironically, the Black Widow movie was supposed to come out last year, so really the first time we would have seen Val would have been this movie, which would have then been a teaser for Falcon Winter Soldier. But either way, uh, so she had no idea. She, she looks at me, she's like, who's that lady? So I, uh, I didn't tell her everything, but she knows enough to know that Val's putting together a team. Yeah, I would still like more information on that, please. I, I think, well, Falcon and Winter Soldier will answer a lot of that, and then I think we will oh find out. Oh my gosh, you're just going to try to make me watch that so badly. I'm sorry, I'm trying to make you watch something that's amazing. Um, <laughs> I do love myself Bucky, though. He is so cool. Have I led you wrong in any of the other Marvel stuff? No, except Captain Marvel. Still a good movie. You're just... Uh... Still not a good movie. All right, all right. All right, well, let's talk about sort of big picture, the plot of the movie from beginning to end. I've heard of a few reviews where they feel like the movie didn't come together in the third act. I totally disagree. I feel like the movie was solid the whole way through. So I I, I don't know where they're coming with that. Maybe I'll read a, you know, a detailed critique later on and go, oh, okay, I guess so. But for now, I... I mean, I, I'm riding the high of this roller coaster of the movie. So, what did you think of the plot of the film? I loved it. I thought it was the perfect combination of origin mixed with telling a new story, but connecting it fully in the end. Yeah, I would agree. I think it came full circle, yet still didn't tread on the one origin story. Like, don't get me wrong, love Iron Man, love Captain America origin story. Whole entire freaking movies based on the origin story. It gets kind of boring. It's a Marvel formula over and over. Captain America, Iron Man, Doctor Strange. You know. All these films, it's it, Black Panther. They're all the origin story. It's a, it's a rinse repeat kind of system with Marvel. Mm-hmm. So this Black one really, Widow, I feel like, kind of broke that. Yeah, I agree, and I think it was done really well. I think you're right. It gave us the origin, but it also moved the story forward, and like you said, led on to the next thing. And I, I, I thought it was great. I also liked how it was 20 years later. Mm-hmm. So we saw what the mom, what the dad had been doing, and how the time was spent differently based on what Black Widow did versus her sister. Mm-hmm. and saw how one of them was literally fighting the whole entire time and was practically a test subject for the Red Room and how Black Widow is over here being part of the Avengers, breaking free of the Red Room and just like the difference. I liked how they would, from a comedic aspect, I like how they would bring the Avengers in to just sort of pick on her all the time. About, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're a smaller one, blah, blah, blah. Right, exactly. But yeah, no, I, I think, again, the plot was really strong and I enjoyed this method of storytelling and I, I, I hope we'll see more Marvel movies like this in that sort of pattern. So, like, one of the things I thought about after watching the movie immediately, I thought, you know, they made a pretty big jump from her being trafficked as a little kid to jumping all the way to Civil War. I'm like, well, they really skipped all of her training. They really skipped all of that where she was an assassin and all that. At first, I felt like they kind of missed something and the people wouldn't understand. But I feel like they did explain enough of it. You saw it through Yelena and what happened with all the other widows. And quite frankly, I don't think I wanted to see Scarlett Johansson murder a bunch of people and go through the horror thing. So I'm kind of glad once I immediately, once I worked through that, I'm glad they did skip that because I didn't, I don't want to see all that. And also I feel like we also learned about it through the speech and the way they talked about it because they were mad at their mom, obviously, because she still worked for the freaking guy that put them through all of this. Mm-hmm. So you could tell through the speech patterns of how the sister and how Black Widow talked about it to show how emotional and how mentally traumatizing it was for them, yet they could still still bring comedic aspects to it like oh favorite part when the dad asked oh are you on that time of the month and she goes i can't they took out my uterus 
and like just started naming stuff. And he's like, that's too much. And she goes, I was going to talk about the tubes. Like, right. (laughs) It was so funny. It was well done. It was well done. It was. I'm glad they brought comedy because that's just, that's just terrible for a young child to go through that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think about all those widows went through that. All those black widow characters. So many of them, which is insane. I kind of thought at the end, once they were all freed and they were on the helicopter and all that, and then they jumped forward to, you know, present day or whatever, I kind of figured that uh, it would do, instead of having another Black Widow, or I don't know if Yelena is the White Widow, I don't know what she is, but I figured it would be the Widows. They'd be like a covert operative team, but it looks like it's just going to be Yelena. I'm, I'm not really sure, but I, I kind of thought we'd see more of the, the Widows altogether. I do want to make a connection with the Widows. Mm-hmm. This might be kind of too niche for some of you to understand, but the Widows, when he was pulling them up all on the screen and showing their locations, that gave me flashbacks to Buffy <laughs> when she was like, these are all the possible slaves. There's so many around the world. And I was like, that's just the same exact thing. And I know they're not connected, but it was just so funny. That is an interesting connection. And I I see exactly what you're talking about. Hmm. And you know, the whole stuff with the Red Room uh, was revealed uh, after the Buffy TV series started. So I don't know, maybe they were inspired by the Buffy TV show. You never know. It's just nice to think that they might have been because Buffy's such a good show. So I'm curious what you thought of the Taskmaster because that's a character in the comics I always thought was pretty cool uh, from a bad guy perspective. But what did you think of the Taskmaster in the movie? Uh, So the way they introduced them was through them watching a video of Hawkeye and and Black Panther fighting, I believe. Yep. Which I was like, okay, what the heck is this? Is this a machine just watching casual TV? Then I realized who was on the screen. And then I realized, oh, it's studying it. And then I was like, okay, this thing has no origin story whatsoever. This is kind of pathetic because I was like, okay, all villains need an origin story. This one has none. It's kind of bad on Marvel. Then once they brought up the whole entire thing about it being his daughter, I was like, geez, that's such a good origin story. And also number two literally brings up the fact again that he literally only sees women as objects. His own daughter was like in so much pain and suffering. And he said, hmm, let me put her in this metal machine and make her kill people for me and put a freaking chip in the back of her head. That's what amazed me was the technology behind the Taskmaster. Be nice to me. I'm going to do the same thing to you. Um, Hey, (laughs) please. I've always loved the idea in the comics of the photographic reflexes. You know, the Taskmaster can watch someone do an action and then they can immediately mimic it, which is awesome. Which also gave us the really neat opportunity of the Red Guardian who always wanted to fight Captain America. (laughs) That was such a funny fight. Essentially, the Red Guardian got to fight Captain America. You know, got to live their dream, which was pretty cool. There's a couple things that the Taskmaster I didn't love. One was that it just seemed so, and you won't catch this reference, but it seemed so reminiscent of the plot from X2, X United, which was the second X-Men movie, where Stryker was using his own son as the mastermind. They even had like the one weird funky eyeball. So I feel like there's a lot of similarity to that plot. I felt like the Taskmaster, it was a good villain, but I felt like it was kind of a side villain from whoever... the main bad guy was. Yeah. And I was a fan of Taskmaster, but I, this might be unpopular what I'm about to say, but I think it would have been a better bad guy in a different movie because it kind of just felt thrown in because if I'm going to be honest, she barely fought the Taskmaster. 
And if she did, they either hid in the ceiling vents or they plummeted to the ground together. That well, was it. You're, forget- fought- you're, you're forgetting the major battle on the bridge in the beginning where the Taskmaster kicked the crap out of her. Well, yeah, but they exploded her car by an arrow, which was pretty neat. And you can also see how she learned from the videos of Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. But once the car was in the water, they had a brief fight and then automatically it ended. I felt like there was more time of the Taskmaster fighting the dad and the mom more than her. I don't know. That was just my personal opinion. Also, I felt like we didn't see enough of the character. I thought it was a really cool character. I wish it was more of a main character bad guy than a side character because I feel like the character had so much potential. Such a cool not a very cool backstory. I felt like that fit the movie well, but I think the skill set, I felt like it could have been used so much better in like another movie. I feel like it would have just been so much better if there was more people she could have fought and if we could have seen the full potential. We only really saw how she could fight like Hawkeye, Black Panther, and Captain America. Well, here's where I'm going to tell you you're wrong and it shouldn't be a shocker that we're going to argue it that way. And I think you're, I think you'll see my point. And what I was kicking myself for was when they revealed who Taskmaster was, I was like, oh, of course I should have saw it. Because you're right, Taskmaster was a blank slate. We didn't know anything about them. So when they revealed it, it is specifically tied to Black Widow's background. Black Widow created her own enemy. By blowing up that building, it caused what happened to the little girl, and then it became her own enemy. That is such the Marvel formula. That is, exa- is. Every one of the origin movies that they always end up fighting like a dark mirror of themselves, or they created their own bad guy. So if we had gotten a movie where Taskmaster had been the major big bad and they put more emphasis on it, it would have suddenly become your stereotypical Marvel movie, actually. It would have been exactly what every other Marvel movie is. So I'm glad that Taskmaster was a secondary character in this one because otherwise we would have just got the same stuff we always got. So it forced them to create a different movie, and that's why I liked it. I agree, but also I don't, I cannot make an exact connection to it, but I feel like a person being able to mimic other people's body, not just body language, but like their fighting stuff, I feel like that's been used a lot. So I don't know, just kind of took like the punch out of it for me. Definitely an amazing character. The backstory, phenomenal. I loved that so much that that got tied back in. And to see how Black Widow felt so much remorse for what she did and how they brought it up. I was really glad they brought it up before. And she showed her remorse before she even went and saw the guy. Yeah. And tried to kill him. And then she said something about the daughter. And then he brought up the fact that she was the taskmaster. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. It was well done and well executed. And I didn't see it coming until, you know, he walks over there and starts to take off the helmet. Then I'm like, oh, of course. So now it was all really well done. So I think what we're saying is the plot was really good. It was. I think it was terrific for I will we would we consider this an origin movie something in Order between one? maybe no not really because the, the, the focus wasn't the origin that was a short period of it but I feel like the plot did tie back to her origin because it brought it back to the red room which was my favorite part was how it all ties together yeah so I don't know that it's an origin but the origin was part of it either way it was a origin story it was its own animal and I liked it for it I loved it it was so oh, so good so what did we not like about the movie I only have a couple complaints. Okay. And a lot of them just based around superhero movies itself. So... 
Black Widow, one of the few Avengers that does not have genetic capabilities added or some sort of super suit available to her. This was their movie where they really were trying to push the limit to see how far they could push a human character. Because I hate to say it, you cannot fall through three buildings of glass and then get back up and fight a machine. That's just not how that works. Well, and all the time she'd get hit and go flying across the room. I mean, there's there's no way. I mean, we saw on- blood maybe once, twice. Well, they were bleeding all over the the subway, but in a in a real world situation, most fights last one or two punches. It's like there's a hit and somebody's down and they don't want to be hit anymore. And in these movies, and it's not just superhero movies, by the way, it's in all kinds of action movies where the bad think about Die Hard. I mean Or Fast and Furious. Right. That just came to mind. (laughs) Right. I I picked Die Hard just because the amount of punishment John McClane takes, he should not have been functional by the end of that movie. Even Karate Kid, the Cobra Kai, like there's a Michael Bailey and I talked about how there's this massive fight between a bunch of high schoolers where they just hitting each other for like 20 minutes straight. I'm like, no, two hits and that fight's pretty much over. So yeah, it, it definitely pushed the limits of uh, reality on the fights, but it's a big action movie. You kind of just go with it. Yeah. Now, I will say, on the flip side, the stunts were amazing. I mean, the stuff oh, the stunt people like were phenomenal. doing. It was really impressive what they what they were doing with the stunt artists. They were really, really good. I always love hand-to-hand combat and mm-hmm. how they show that in movies. I love Iron Man, but man, he never does hand-to-hand combat. He just hides behind a super suit. He just blasts people and boom, they're down. So there's not much, there's more CGI in that, less like stunt, I guess I would say. But I love Black Widow for the sole point of like her stunt double, whoever it is, claps to them because they are so good at what they do. In the fights, they were just so good. Yeah, yeah. Not just her, everyone too, may I add. So you wanted to talk about the special effects? Yeah. Specifically in the parts you don't like, I understand? Uh, I think the special effects were pretty good overall, but there were some... Some like, I'll give them this. You can never make a building in the sky fall and make it look realistic. But <laughs> everything looked pretty real. Like the helicopter flying around her on the thing. I think that looked pretty well. But Talking it, about in the, in the prison break. Yeah. But it really just got me when it was the building collapsing. I was like, okay, this is a little bit too much. This is, this looks, it looks a little bit too real that it's fake. If you get what I mean. Well, the Red Room falling out of the sky, while it was super adventurous, it was a little hard to believe. And falling through all the pieces. And why would a human being fall faster than a giant chunk of concrete and glass? I I don't know. And how long did it actually take for the Red Room to fall? I mean, how far up was it? If you fall 32 feet per second, it it shouldn't have taken that long to get to the ground. But it made for a lot of drama and a lot of action. And that was fine. You just, again, you, you go with it. It's like, okay, fine, fine, fine. But yeah, the... The CGI in the prison break scene, I mean, you, you don't even think about it, really. But that avalanche, it was fake. Her riding, as fantastic. you said, her riding around on the hill. I mean, the helicopter itself was probably fake. Her riding around on the cable dangling beneath was fake. And yet, you totally buy it. So, while the CGI in the in the fall of the sky base was hard to buy, the other stuff you just kind of accept you didn't think about. It. You just went with it. I do want to say, though, the sky base, mm-hmm. very similar to the Death Star. I <laughs> don't know how I made that connection, but it is. In the sky, just there, it collapsing, fights. It just, it gave me very much Star Wars vibes. 
It does look a lot like Cloud City in Bespin. That's for sure. An Empire Strikes yeah. Back. Or just like a evil layer being in the sky. Just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was their motive, but it was a pretty wow factor too. And my, oh, such a good line was something like, oh, we're landing in five minutes. Then why are we going upwards? And then you just see it there in the sky. You know, there there was some references to some James Bond movies earlier in the movie. And that was a very James Bond-like ba- uh, bad guy base. I wonder if there was some connective tissue there. All right. Well, it sounds like we both really, really enjoyed this movie. We're, we're really riding the high of the theater, going back to the theater, seeing a movie in the theater, big action film, lots of fun, great acting. Finally, ScarJo getting her chance to be the title character. Why don't we wrap this up with just rattling off some of our favorite things from the movie? Uh, whatever they might be. It might be a character. It might be a scene. It might be a line. Whatever your some favorites. Why don't you go first? We'll just kind of bounce back and forth. Okay. Favorite character, Yelena. Oh, I love the way they wrote her. She had such a good sense of humor the vest oh my god <laughs> so that was so iconic just and also her giving her the vest at the end was the cutest thing ever i but, didn't even realize that until she did that i'm like oh i guess she is wearing that in some of the the later yeah. you know in later movies connections i just love how she was like yeah it's the first thing i bought and then she's like, okay, it's it's nice, I guess. It has so many pockets. Like, <laughs> she just seemed to bring humor to every single situation, which Black Widow, lover, she's really always straightforward and to the point, pretty doesn't really make jokes that often. Like, she's pretty serious. But I just think, like, she brought so much, like, funniness to the table. I loved her so much. Yelena was a great character. She really was. Uh, I liked the rescue from the prison. When the bazooka sets off the avalanche, it gets, you know, there's there's people everywhere. There's machine guns flying everywhere. They got to get the helicopter out of there. They got to rescue Alexi. She's dangling from the cable. They swing in and get him. And as the avalanche is pouring down, I just felt like that scene was really constructed well. It was tense. It was adventurous. I, I really dug it. That was also my favorite scene, but I feel like it was too confusing for me when they were outside. I more like the inside bits okay. when they go, be calm, be nonchalant about it. Literally takes two guards, holds them up to a window and throws them for eating his food. I just thought that was so funny. And then <laughs> how he finds the earpiece mm-hmm. inside of it. It's just, oh, it was so smart. I loved it. I love the little Red Guardian doll. That was adorable. That was funny. And how excited he got. Yeah. Someone remembered him. <laughs> so one of my favorite things is a joke, uh, which was the whole thing where Yelena is making fun of Natasha for her super heroic three-point landing. She always does and how she pulls her head up. I mean, the minute she started talking about it, and then she's acting it out in the convenience store, that was, I mean, I couldn't stop laughing. That was hysterical because that is such a Scar Joe. Uh, and I, I say that on purpose. It was a, It's a Scarlett Johansson sort of signature move in these movies. And to see Yelena making fun of it, it just totally. And then does it later on. Right. And she's and like, goes, Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. And oh, it just, I think that really brought together their sister dynamic. I think favorite duo, those two. Okay. That might actually have to be one of my favorite top duos because I just love, obviously they were raised, but they were like 20 years were not together. They were both in different parts of the Red Room, I believe. So like, obviously they were together in the beginning, but I believe they fought separately because Scarlet and obviously like as Black Widow, she left pretty early on because then she went and fought with the Avengers. But their sibling dynamic was just amazing. I loved it so much. 
I, I extrapolating on that. I love the family dynamic. I really we haven't really talked much about Rachel Weiss. I was so glad she was in the film because, like in the in the '90s and the 2000s, like when she was in the Mummy and all that, she was. I mean, she wasn't as popular as ScarJo. Don't get me wrong, but she was. You know, the very pretty actress who could act really well and who was awesome, and she did some action movies. So there was, you know, it's sort of like an echo of that. And seeing her get to come back and play a non-sexualized character who's totally badass, you know, got a little bit shady background, but still plays the heroic role you know I, I thought that was great to have her back so having the whole family dynamic I really really enjoy that uh, and my last favorite thing I want to mention is when <laughs> uh, when Rachel Weiss is, is working with the pigs one of the pigs she's talking to him I turned to my daughter and said hey that looks like Alexi and you laughed and then sure enough it turns out that's the name of the pig I felt like I was so vindicated and so brilliant for that moment uh, also an- I guess another favorite moment for me was probably I really liked when they switched faces, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that was in an earlier movie with Black Widow. So I felt that was like really funny, like the connection. And I liked how they tricked the audience, too. Right. No, absolutely. By the way, that was in uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, the best of the Marvel movies that you refuse (laughs) to acknowledge. It's good. It's just not the best. You can be wrong. It's fine. No, you can be wrong, too. It's okay. Uh, And and your best of your favorite duos, you might want to reserve judgment until you see Falcon and Winter Soldier, but anyway. No, they are some of my favorites. I love their chemistry. Oh, wait till you watch the show. Who says I'm going to watch it? Oh, you're so difficult. (laughs) I guess that comes naturally, huh? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for making the time to do this with me today. This has been very exciting. I'm, I'm glad this was your idea. I'm glad you suggested it, that you're making me do this at midnight after we get home watching the movie. So I'm not sure when this is going up. So just know, folks, we're recording this opening weekend. So you're hearing this whenever you're hearing it. And it was an absolute blast seeing this movie. And, you know, who knows? By the time it comes out, we might have seen it again. Maybe. Folks, that's going to do it. Go to our website, firewaterpodcast.com. Find this show under FW Presents. Share your thoughts on the film share your thoughts on what our discussion was today tell us where we're right tell us where we're wrong feel free to put footnotes on the comics we should have read that we didn't know yawn uh and just uh let us know your thoughts and again thank you so much for doing this i personally would love to hear your feedback i definitely want to do more podcasts with sadly my dad in the future (laughs) i i i really like doing it i think it's really fun and i don't really like geeky stuff that much as i would say but i really like marvel and i really like watching shows with him as you guys know i did the buffy one so this is something that interests me so maybe you'll see me more maybe you won't i would love to hear your feedback on if you like me and him talking if we should talk with other people maybe we uh will also try and argue more next time right now we're both just so excited (laughs) about the movie we're in agreement a lot next time i'm sure we'll bicker more so that's gonna do it folks until next time fan the flame and ride the wave